Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Well, hello there and welcome back to Family Travel Radio, your go-to podcast for incredible destinations, amazing experiences, and life-changing family adventures. It's Aaron Schlein here, and for the entire month of July, we're going to be dipping back into the archives of a podcast that I used to host called Dramatic Travels. And that podcast really was the precursor to this show, because if Dramatic Travels hadn't existed, then this show, Family Travel Radio, would never have come into being. So I wanted to share a few episodes from the archives. Here in this fourth of five episodes from The Vault here in July, you're going to hear my chat with Kirsten Maxwell. Kirsten is the founder of the Family Travel website, Kids Are a Trip. Kirsten and I chatted back in September of last year, September of 2018. And coming up next week in the final episode from The Vault here in July, before we get back into new episodes, you're going to hear the episode that started it all. In all of my introductions here in the month of July, I've been alluding to the fact that Family Travel Radio was directly spawned from Dramatic Travels. That is absolutely a fact. And in next week's episode, you're going to find out why. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And then after that, we're into August and back into brand new episodes of Family Travel Radio. All right, my friend, here we go. Enjoy my chat with Kirsten Maxwell from Kids Are a Trip. This is Dramatic Travels. Away we go with today's guest. She's joining us from Chicago, Illinois. Her name is Kirsten Maxwell. Welcome to the show, Kirsten. Are you ready to share your dramatic travels? I'm ready. Yeah, excellent. Kirsten is a freelance travel writer, a photographer, and social media influencer based in Chicago, Illinois. She is the owner of Kids Are a Trip, a travel website inspiring families to explore the world with their children. She is a Travelocity and Moon Travel Guides ambassador, and she is a bilingual teacher of Puerto Rican descent, and she truly believes that travel is an education and feels fortunate to teach her three boys about different cultures as her family has traveled to 25 countries and counting. And after traveling as a family for 15 years, she has learned to find those off-the-beaten-path experiences while still finding time to explore the popular attractions. Her work has been featured in Lonely Planet, the Chicago Tribune, Bravo TV, Family Traveler, and various other national publications. Kirsten, that is your beautiful official bio. Fill in some gaps for us and just take us inside your world. Uh, Okay. Well, that was great. And uh, thank you for the introduction. I, um, right now I'm home. You caught me on my one week home. I've been on a crazy travel summer and um with like any variation of children and usually no spouse but sometimes he comes along so three boys um they are 16 14 and 11 keep me very busy we just started school two days ago so i actually can work so that's why where you come in i'm like yay i can make a phone call work so that's where i am right now and uh yeah life is good so i'm ready to talk travel all right. Well, glad we could be a, a part of that 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 week off for you. So, tell me about just the the dynamic with the trap, all the travels you do. You mentioned that your husband sometimes comes, but mostly stays home. What's the story there? My husband has a full time job, so he picks and chooses when he is able to go. So it ends up usually being just myself and one child traveling. Sometimes two, 
sometimes myself in all three. I've done that too. Um, but it, it certainly has affected the way our family works. I mean, my husband picks up the ball when I'm gone and he cooks and cleans and, you know, doesn't complain about it, which I love him for. And um, he's just extremely supportive of what I do. And, um, and the kids are too. Sounds like you got a got a keeper on your hands there, Kirsten. Yeah. I love that. I love that. After twenty years, it has to work somehow, right? <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. So, tell me about traveling with kids individually, kind of one at a time. I've got a trip coming up that I'm really excited about with my daughter. She's two and a half. It'll really be the first time in her life that it's just been the two of us for a couple of days. What's that like? Just spending that special time with one kid at a time on the road. Oh, that's probably my favorite part. We kind of do a rotating schedule with each kid. So as a trip comes up, up, it's kind of who's next in the order. So if somebody already had a trip, then the next person gets it and the next person. So um, it's really nice to have those one-on-one opportunities because as you'll experience, it just is a different dynamic. The travel becomes easier. The airport becomes easier. Waiting in lines becomes a lot easier. Um, Choosing where to eat for dinner. (laughs) I mean, everything is just like less. I mean, you don't have to take everybody's opinion into account. You really are just focusing on yourself and that one child, and which makes all the difference in the world. Well, and we know from your bio how long you've been doing this. So your kids have been traveling most most of their lives. How would yeah. you describe kind of their progression from traveling as, as very small children to now traveling you know, into their teens? Oh boy, uh, night and day. So I, I tell people, I, we started when my... My oldest, he just turned 16 this summer, and his first trip overseas, he was nine months old. And we did uh, Wales, Scotland, and England. And it was all about the front carrier or the backpack or the stroller. And, I mean, you always worried, would they cry on the plane? Would they behave themselves? And, you know, once it was one and then two and then there were three of them, and they are all under the age of six, and we're traveling overseas with them. Um that was pretty chaotic when I look back on it. <laughs> I'm sure I can understand now why people thought we were pretty crazy. And now they're also self-sufficient. They pack their own bags. They carry their own bags. Um, they're responsible for their own bags. So it's kind of, if you leave it behind, sorry, that's on you. And you're just going to have to function on the trip without it. So um, whereas before I would have felt guilty that I left something behind. So it's kind of a nice little change of pace when kids can be responsible for their own stuff. Yeah, and that's so gratifying as a parent just to see that that progression and know the impact you had as a mother by taking on taking them on those trips when they were young and then watching them develop. I think that's just just really incredible. And certainly you've picked up plenty of plenty of tips along the way, which you put into your your business into kids are a trip. And we're gonna get into that in just a minute. But first let's go back in time a little bit with you personally and just uh, your travel history. Tell me about growing up and what the, the role that travel played in your life as a kid. So it's kind of funny. Um, I grew up in Phoenix and our our travel consisted of um, mostly travel in Arizona. And if we were lucky, we would go to the beach in California for the summer, not for the summer, but like for a weekend in the summer. Um, I mean, I had two working parents and they didn't have the time off. And so we'd pile in the car and my sister and I would drive over over there with my parents and we're up to Northern Arizona. And, and that was really the extent of it. We did not do anything near what my kids have been exposed to. Um, I think the furthest we went was by the time I was in high school, we were very fortunate. We got to go to Hawaii. 
Um, my dad won a trip with his company, but I mean, aside from that, we were pretty much local travelers and road trippers for sure. So what was the, what was the breakout moment at the, at what, what, what point in your life did you take it to that next level from breaking out of this, those local, you know, Phoenix based road trips to this international, these international adventures that you take now? Here's what happened. So in college, I studied abroad. Um, My degree is in Spanish with a minor of marketing. And I kind of sold it to my parents that if I I was going to get a degree in Spanish, well, I needed to go and live somewhere where they spoke Spanish. So I went and spent a summer in Spain. And and, um, that was really the starting point. So uh, we spent three months there and I lived in the south of Spain and in Madrid. And then we traveled for a month. And I traveled for two weeks beforehand to other parts of Europe. And I mean, that was kind of the the beginning of it, you know, the tip of the iceberg of loving travel and, you know, really making it a, an important part of what I wanted to do in my life. Tell me about that, making that pitch to your, to your folks. Was that well-received or did you really have to work for it? I don't know. I think my parents were kind of bought into it because my mom, actually, she was a high school librarian. So she knew the person running the program um, through Arizona State University. So she she kind of went along with it. Uh, As you mentioned, my bio, I'm Puerto Rican. My grandmother's Puerto Rican. My dad's fluent in Spanish. Uh, You know, I'd been learning since seventh grade. And I think they all saw the value of me taking a trip like this. I'd gone through a you know, relationship breakup. And I think they all just kind of thought it was best for me to get a ta- get out of town for a while. So yes, they were com- pretty much on board for it. That's cool. And that's something that I hope as, as my kids get older, that I, I say that now that I'd be very open to, to them having that sort of experience, but it's, you know, when you think about your kid going off doing something like that, especially when travel wasn't a huge part of your life growing up, but maybe you were going off into something that was unfamiliar for them. It's super cool that, that they were so supportive and that you were able to really level up your travel and get fluent in Spanish. And man, that must have, re- that must have really served you well uh, throughout your travels. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Oh my gosh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I always love when um, I've have se- had several stories like this over the, over the course of my travels where you come you come across someone who doesn't speak English. You don't speak their native language, but somehow you figure out that you both speak a little bit of Spanish, or you both both speak a little bit of French, or some other you know language that you can get, manage to get by. And that's just a whole lot of fun. Yes. So, was there a specific sure. person in your life who you would just describe as a as an inspiration? Someone who kind of helped open you up to to travel. Um. Yeah, you know, I'm sure both my parents would love for me to say them, but I won't. Um, it was my grandma, <laughs> my my paternal grandmother. My grandmother was a um, retired teacher, and when she retired, all she wanted to do was travel the world. And I will never forget being, I, I must have been like 8 or 10, and they went on this cruise of Greece, and I saw this postcard she had brought back, and it was Santorini, and I thought, wow, that is somewhere I really want to go. And I Still haven't been to this day, but it is still on my bucket list. Um, but she was really, even in her older age, like into travel, into learning. Like she'd have all these National Geographic all over the house. I was constantly looking at photos and, you know, dreaming of going to different places. So I would say she was really um, a part of me, of inspiring me to, to travel and see the world. Grandmas are, grandmas are awesome like that. Your story lines up perfectly with mine. That's my, uh, my grandmother was my inspiration. She took she actually took me traveling when I was a teenager, and that set me off 
on a great path that I didn't even really appreciate. Uh, I, I didn't fully appreciate the gifts she had given me until I was an adult. But uh, you know, the, the travels that I took as a young adult and then now with my family, mm-hmm. I feel like it, so much of it traces back to to her and that inspiration. Very similar way to that your you know that your grandma inspired you through her trips and then seeing all the cool stuff she was doing to get you to want to take those, those trips and, and yeah, enjoy yeah, the, the same experiences sure. that she did. So Kirsten, with traumatic travels, one of the things I really try to do for families, for parents who want to travel with their kids and they understand the importance of it, but they're just, they just don't have the confidence or they don't have the tools to take that next step and make those dreams happen. And one of the biggest roadblocks is fear fear of the unknown, fear of, of what's going on out there in the world. And one of the ways I help to help alleviate that fear is by asking people to share stories of a, a tense or a scary moment from their travels and how they, they lived through it and survived it. Do you have a, a scary or a tense moment from your lifetime of travel that you can share with us? Uh, yeah, and actually it involves my kid. Um, so we tried everything to protect our kids, when, especially when they were little, because you know, they can't really help themselves. So we had created those, uh, those name tags that you hang around your neck and we put our contact info, the hotel business card inside of them. And we made sure everybody would have those every day when we left the hotel room, those were around every kid's neck. And so we were in Venice and we were walking around, we were looking for somewhere to eat lunch, looking in the windows, we turned down the street and we are literally a hundred yards 200 yards down the street and I look back and our youngest one who was two at the no must have been two or three at the time was not with us and my heart just sunk because I thought he was with my husband it was obvious he was not and we just all took off running it was weird because and it's surreal to kind of think about it because you don't even think about your other kids in the moment (laughs) (laughs) I never thought about that you were just worried about that one child that not with you and um thankfully the way the street i mean because you're going through like oh my gosh did he fall in the water you know could did somebody take him thankfully the way the streets are set up there you have bridges constantly and he had this really bright green raincoat on i'll never forget it and we got back to the main street and we looked ahead and he was just wandering on top of the bridge you know and he's just continuing on walking i mean thank god he had the green jacket on so we could see him but you know it was the scariest, literally, probably, I mean, it only took us a minute to find him, but it was still scary not knowing where your child is and then going through all, I mean, I think it had been scarier maybe if there were cars involved, but the water was equally a scary factor for me, you know? Um, so that, yeah, that was a scary moment for sure. So what did you take away from that moment? Um, the takeaway from that was that we always made sure we knew who was responsible for which kids. Because with three, as two parents, obviously, you're outnumbered. So we kind of had to do the, okay, these two are your responsibility. These are mine. And so that kind of was our, you know, system going forward. Like for trains, buses, you know, just even walking the streets, who who has who? You know, it just forced us to be a lot more communicative with each other and um, make sure that we knew who had who at all times. Yep. Great takeaway. Who has who? Just don't forget yeah, who, has who. <laughs> who has who when you leave the house. That's, that's hugely important. And I could, I was really feeling for you in that moment, you know, that just the, 
imagining my daughter is two and a half, the same age you described as your son being, and just that idea of her wandering away anywhere in the grocery store here in town is is scary enough. But then in Venice, that's got to really, really kind of <laughs> make your heart just drop to the floor. Yeah. So let's travel to the other. Let's travel to the other extreme when it comes to, especially with traveling with your kids. Tell me about it. Just an inspirational, life changing moment. What's just a special, special memory from your travels with your kids? Uh, wow, we've had so many, so it's uh, hard to say. But I, I would definitely say uh, a couple of years ago, I was lucky enough to take my older two on a trip with uh, Fathom Cruise Line, which was I, I don't believe it exists anymore. Is under the umbrella of the carnival family, but they were doing kind of a, um, where you go into a community and you help rebuild or whatever the case may be. So you would go on the cruise ship, which was a very small stripped down cruise ship. You went to the Dominican Republic and you could choose the activities you wanted to do. So like some people were planting trees during the day, other people were working in a chocolate factory during the day or working at the local school so we, I was able to do that with my older two, and it was just um, an amazing experience. We went to a school one day, um, getting to we were trying to teach the kids English. It was during summer school, and as a teacher, I was very concerned about how this was all going to work out because um, I, I don't want it to be disruptive. But it was worked into part of their summer school curriculum, and they did a very nice job with it. And then they played like kickball together. I, it wasn't kickball; it was hand uh, baseball with a, a sock for a baseball rolled up. And it just was so beautiful to see the kids being, even though they didn't speak the language, being able to communicate with each other like through hand signals and like hugs and smiles. And I mean, it was just a beautiful moment. And um, I think Carnival decided to make it into part of their bigger program, which probably took away from a lot of the charm and uniqueness of what it was. But it was definitely a moment that, that my kids will remember and, and do remember because I know that they've written about it and like for school assignments and stuff about how it changed them. So uh, that for sure was a big, big point in our travel lives. It was very meaningful. Yeah. Those are powerful moments for kids when you get to interact with other kids, similar age in a different country, different culture, different language. And then I love how they were able to to find that common bond of, of baseball. I love that, whether it's baseball or soccer or you know, just being able to to play a sport with someone your age in another country is just very special because the, the the language barriers, the cultural barriers, tend to melt away in that moment. And I I just love love hearing about that. Agree. Yep. Yeah, definitely. My friends out there in podcast land, you're thinking about taking your kids overseas. Just consider the impacts, the positive experiences your kids can have interacting with other children around the world, seeing seeing what they do all day, and just really getting involved in you know just exploring the world and, and seeing what the kids around the world do and it's, it's a whole lot of fun very eye-opening and i highly highly recommend it so kirsten let's move on let's move on to, to kids are a trip so you're not just you're not just a traveler if there is such a thing but you actually take your your travel at you're taking it to the next level as as a business with your blog tell us about what you're doing and how you use that platform to to educate and help others uh, when it comes to travel um, so basically with kids, our trip, I've been doing that for almost five years and I really am just trying to create content for people when they want to research a trip, how to do it with their kids, how to do it with their teens, uh, where to go, what to see, what to do, uh, off the beaten path experiences, because that's a big deal to us. Like I 
I said in the bi my bio was, you know, it's great to see those big attractions, but I also make time to go see those things that you wouldn't normally see or do. So um, I think that's really important for kids in travel that, you know, it's not all about queuing the lines and taking the photos in front of the well-known places. It's about digging a little deeper and, and finding the heart of, of a culture or a, a, a place even. I mean, it could be, you know, Colorado for all I care, but, you know, just dig a little deeper and see what's around and, and you would be really surprised at what you can find sometimes. So that's kind of what I share on my site. I have another um, writer, Heidi, who who writes with me, and another one, Vera. They both contribute content to my site on a regular basis, and um, that's been extremely helpful because they bring their perspectives. And then I have a um, team of teen travel writers. I have six of them, and um, they all write content from a teen perspective too. So, well, Tell me about that. That's fascinating. I did not know that. Tell me how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so uh, that started probably mm, six months ago. Um, two of the writers are my own kids. Two are my niece and nephew. And then there's two that are friends with my niece and nephew who came to me um, after they found out my niece and nephew were doing it and said, hey, we would love to do that. So um, it's really just about what they've experienced and um, seeing things through the teen's eyes because it's always different than what the parents want to do. I mean, you'll realize when your kids get older I mean, everything that you've planned and you think is great, like your teens are like, meh, nope, don't want to do it. So it's, <laughs> it's a lot about, you know, give and take and what works for them. And so it's nice to have a, an area where these kids can share uh, what they actually like to do. Well, yeah, that's such a cool, a cool angle to take and such a cool, um, just this niche to, to get yourself in, to have actual, you know, Teen writers writing for, for about family travel. What's the response been so far? You know, it's been very favorable. I think that um, people love seeing what kids have to do. I, I am focusing right now a lot on getting traffic to my site versus doing a lot of the social media. And I've seen a lot of traffic coming to these articles just because people have teens. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's not all about millennial travelers. I mean, sorry to burst that bubble for all those travel people, but you know, there are a lot of families out there traveling with teenagers. And so when they're Googling teen travel, I mean, these articles are coming up in their searches. So that's kind of what I'm working on is just getting that content out there. And so that they have something relevant that they can look to um, and look over even with their kids so that they can plan an adventure together. Well, that's very wise of you, just from a business perspective, and, and whether you stumbled on that or not, it's it's very, very true you know, that you have that very specific audience that you're looking to serve, and when you create content that serves that audience, they will find you, and Google will reward you by showing up in the search re search results when people are looking for specifics about traveling with teens. So, yeah, don't I love how you went very specific there, and it's very helpful, and I'm certain you're you're helping a lot of people now, and will continue to to do so. In the future, so kids are a trip. I love that. Just love the name. What did, did that hit you in the middle of the night? What happened? That's that's might be the best family travel website name I've ever come across. Ah, oh, thank you. Like with any website, you just start brainstorming names, right? And so I think I had columns of names, and my husband and I just kind of sat down, and I, I had everything, and I was kind of just throwing things at, at a dartboard at that time, and. Uh, I had my list of I like and I don't like. And I think working in the school system gives you a perspective on kids as well, um, where you're just like, wow, kids are crazy. 
Uh, kids can be really crazy. And this kind of life is an adventure with kids anyway. So um, it just kind of stuck. And I really liked it. I'm going to tell you, my husband, it was not his first choice. Um, but I, it's been very helpful. And I, I now knowing what I know about like Google and search, uh, you know, it's helpful to have the name kids and it's helpful to have the name trip in my website name. So that's been good. <laughs> You've stumbled upon some several Google lessons. Sounds like. Yeah. Yes, I have. It's, uh, <laughs> took me a while to get there, but you know, I'm constantly educating myself. That's a big thing. I've learned with this whole blog thing. You have to constantly educate yourself. Absolutely. Well, life's a trip. Google's a trip and kids are definitely a trip. Kirsten, Love, uh, I love getting into that little business. We're not going to dive too deep into it because this is a we want to talk travel here today. But I, I'm very interested in, in hearing stories like that because it's very relevant to anyone out there who's interested in starting a travel blog or has a travel blog. There's lots of little things to learn if you want to be successful. Sure. So let's just move on to to traveling and some specific tactics when it comes to travel. Tell us, Kirsten, how do you capture your travel memories? And just tell us, give us a tip about how to use that method effectively. Well, that's a great question. Um, (laughs) Right now it's all through photography and I am the worst person about putting together. I used to put the best photo albums together and um, I don't do that anymore. I don't have time to do that. I would love to do that again. Um, But right now it's all just whatever's in the kid's head and what I'm writing down. So that's going to be, you know, for us, uh, uh, how we remember our travel memories, either going to be what's in your head or what mom wrote down (laughs) on the (laughs) website, which is a horrible way to go about about remembering your trips. But, um, you know, we used to let the kids like get something, you know, like a trinket or something, but the kids are really over that at this point, you know, unless it's something really special, uh, we just don't even bother with souvenirs. So. I'm at that point too. I, I totally get it because you, you come across these things, these trinkets that you just have to have in the moment. And then, you know, six months down the road, they're in a drawer or they're in the garage or they're whatever. It's just, and then after you, you do that enough and you realize, I don't need this. I don't, I almost said something I shouldn't say. Uh, you yeah, know, I don't, I don't need this stuff. And yeah, uh, yeah but, but that, that comes with, that comes with experience and, you know, the experienced travelers sort of kind of pick up on that. Tell me about, so you said you used to make the best photo albums when you, when you were in the, the business of creating great photo albums, what did those albums look like? What did you do? Uh, so I used just like something like a snapfish, you know, and what I would do is I would put all my pictures in there real pretty and put little titles on, on them. And then, you know, they would be great memory books for the year. So, uh, yeah, don't do that anymore because you have time for that. Um, you know, and, and it is kind of a sad thing because we all in this business take such beautiful photos. I mean, I know people who take way better photos than I do and they're out there for the world to see, but what do we say for ourselves? You know, and I think it's kind of, that's part of my thing I struggle with is, am I never take vacation really anymore. I am just a, you know, going for work. So I would love to get to a point where I can take back some time for myself and have a true vacation and make a quote memory book. Um, but I'm not there yet. I'm working on it, but I'm not there yet. Well, you'll get there. It sounds like you're on a, on a great track. Can you recommend a travel related book for us? And just tell me why you think it's so special. Uh, Well, of course I have to say the moon travel guide books because I, (laughs) I use those and I work for them, but you know, that's a full disclaimer there. As far as travel books, I've actually been a Rick Steves fan forever and ever and ever. And I will actually still buy those. I'm so old school when it comes to 
research. I like, I love all my friends that write blogs, but I still like carrying a book with me sometimes when I travel. It makes me feel good. Rick Steves is a huge part of, of my, my travel. My very first backpack, I backpacked through Europe a few times and my very first trip, I flew over there with Rick Steves Europe through the back door or no, no, sorry, that's not right. It was the travel skills book or just basically tells you how to travel. This is what you need to do, the, you know, how to streamline everything you need. And I read the book on the flight over after I had already horribly, horribly overpacked. And as I'm go- sitting there with my friend who is going to spend the whole summer with me, I'm like, dude, we did this all wrong. And the, one of the very first things we did when we landed was we packed up probably, I don't know, two thirds of our stuff and mailed it home. Yeah, I did. We did that too on our honeymoon. We backpacked and realized we had way too much stuff and sent it home. So yeah, live and learn, right? Absolutely. Yeah, life on the road teaches you real quick what you what you can live without. And quite frankly, it's it's most everything. You can live without a lot. You, know, you can wear you can turn that shirt inside out a couple times. You can wear those jeans again. You can wash your socks in the sink at the hostel. And so, that is right. Yeah, and we so yeah, definitely, it's definitely worth an experience. And your kids are getting close to that age, you know, being done with high school, and maybe that a, a summer in Europe is in their future, and then you can pass on all your wisdom and knowledge, and maybe throw in a little Rick Steves for them as well. There you go. So, Kirsten, give me a gadget, a gadget or a tool, something that's always in your bag that just makes every trip better for you. You know, it's funny because I, I hate to say like my phone or my camera, but. Um, for me, it's actually my headphones, like noise canceling headphones, because, and this is so wrong, but even when I'm on a plane by myself, I don't want to hear the other passengers. And I, it's so bad. I don't even have them turned on 90% of the time. I just want the noise tuned out. Like, I just need quiet. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much always in my bag because I just can't, I just need peace and quiet on a plane. I don't care if my, even when my kids are with me, I don't want to hear them. <laughs> Just put on the headphones. So they can be a good a good prop is what you're telling me. Just- exactly. My kids think I'm listening to music, but I'm not. Yeah. Huge, huge fan of the noise canceling headphones. I have some on right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, Kirsten, as we wind down here, just a couple of quick questions. Uh, first of those final two questions, what is your advice for parents who dream of traveling with their children, but just don't know where to start? What one of the biggest deterrents for families that, that want to travel is they're so afraid of taking all their kids on a plane. Um, at least in my experience, that's what it's been. And I always tell people the odds that you're going to see any of those people on the plane ever again is pretty low. So go on the plane, take the ride. Yeah, it could be painful, but you'll forget about it the next day. You know, it, it really is such a small part of your life and it's so insignificant. And yes, you'll look back at it, you know, maybe the baby cried for nine hours of the 10 hour flight, but you know what? it's over and it's done with and you survived and now you can go on and enjoy your vacation, but you just got to do it. I mean, you got to put your foot out the door. You're just stuck at home. Yep. That plane will land and those strangers will go about their merry way. And now that's, that's, that really is great advice because the idea of traveling with small kids on an airplane, it's, it's, it can be intimidating, but man, I've done it and there's been some good, good flights, some really rough flights, but every time we got there and we went on and had a, (laughs) had a great time. We've been talking with Kirsten Maxwell today on Dramatic Travels Family. You can find Kirsten on her website, kidsareatrip.com, all over social media, at kidsareatrip. And Kirsten, you have a, a Facebook group. Tell us about that real quick. Okay, so I just, uh, my Facebook group is called Lux Family Trips, and it's 
basically, I mean, anybody's welcome to join, but it's kind of for people looking for luxury travel information, um, for destinations, hotels, whatever the case may be, family gatherings, whatever you're looking for. Um, it's just a really nice group where people come and ask and answer questions. Love it. Love that supportive community. Very important. Surround yourself with those like-minded people. So make those trips happen. If you don't have people in your immediate immediate life who are, are travelers or can help you make your travel dreams come true, then definitely search outside of your, your bubble, outside your comfort zone. And there's groups just like Kirsten's out there, Lux Family Trips, who can help you get on your way. Kirsten, before we say goodbye, tell me, what is your biggest travel dream that hasn't come true yet? Oh, boy. Um, Destination-wise, I assume is what you're saying? Yes. New Zealand. It has to be New Zealand because it looks so beautiful and I'm just, I can't get over the time of travel. Easier for you coming from the West Coast, but it's a little bit intimidating for me to be on a plane for that long. I'd love to go, but it's a long flight. Well, I've got no doubt that you're going to get there. And here's what I want you to do. When you finally do get to New Zealand, check in with us. Let us know you made it and that your dreams are coming true and that all of our dreams and all our friends out there in podcast land, your travel dreams can come true as well. Absolutely. Will do. We've been speaking to Kirsten Maxwell. Check her out again once again at kidsareatrip.com, social media at kidsareatrip. And of course, check out Kirsten's Facebook group, Lux Family Trips. Kirsten Maxwell, huge pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us on Dramatic Travels Family. Thank you for having me. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode from The Vault. The Vault's going to be open throughout the month of July. And we'll be back at you with brand new episodes of Family Travel Radio starting on August the 5th. In the meantime, my friend, hope you're enjoying your summer. We'll talk again soon. This is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I'm signing off.